Well, welcome everybody to episode 31 of the Blow Off Valve podcast. This week we've got more automotive news since F1's still on break. And we thought we'd start out with a follow-up to something we mentioned last week. So Lamborghini revealed that the Countach name was coming back uh, to celebrate the, I believe it's the 50th anniversary of its debut. And uh, they just released a teaser image. Um, there were some leaks uh, during the week that uh, we weren't sure how true they were, but it was officially unveiled at Monterey Car Week uh, this week. And essentially, it's a modified Aventador platform with the rear end from the the Cyan, which was their um, hybrid supercar, mm-hmm. limited edition supercar they brought out, and the Cyan powertrain, which is good for 800 to- 802 total horsepower. And the electric engine in the Scion and, and in the Countach essentially functions as torque fill. It, it it's not meant to be used in electric only mode. I think you can, but it's mainly yeah. there to fill in torque, um, particularly at the low end, so that you've got a nice smooth torque curve. And Matt Fair of the Smoking Tire wrote a really interesting piece, which I don't think will endear him to Lamborghini's press office. But basically in, in Road and Track he wrote a uh piece saying that it's basically a cynical cash grab because they're not advancing the technology at all. They're essentially taking some parts they already have on the shelf and throwing it together with a, you know, a, a slightly different body <laughs> and they're making yeah. 112 of these and they're going to cost between two and a half and $3 million based on spec. So now that we've seen it, what do you, what do you think about it? Well, I really like the front end and mm-hmm. I really like the rear end. You know, mm-hmm. I think those are what I would kind of expect and kind of what I had hoped to see. Sure. You know, the side view, when I look at that in the glass, I'm like, oh, that's an Aventador. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it still has a lot of those features. And so I don't know. If I was paying several million, mm-hmm. well, first of all, I guess if you're in that, like he was saying in his article, if you're in that, collection of people then you you probably own all of these interesting cars you own 80 supercars so i guess yeah, it's not a here. it's not a which one would you get it's just i get all of them <laughs> you're just buying like, it that's that, that was kind of the point that matt made in his piece was that for the people that are getting called by lamborghini to to put money down on one of these they're they're not debating between this and a bugatti Chiron and a right. ferrari sf90 you know that they they have one of all of them, you know, they're, and I, they're and I think that's track. like his point was, um, to some extent, I remember somebody in the comments was like, Oh, rich people arguing about rich people. How rich? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's fair. You know, cause he was talking about the Countach that he purchased. Right. And, but I think that, um, you know, from, a an enthusiast and automotive if you've got some passion for classics or things like that, yeah, maybe just spend the money and get a Countach, you know, mm-hmm. like one of the originals and yeah. enjoy that. Um, now, cause I, I, I kind of agree, like it's cool, but everybody and their mother is basically making a car where, Hey guys, we're only going to make 50 of these and they're going to cost a billion dollars. Right. You know, so everybody's doing that. And, um, everybody seems to be rebooting these old, names kind of nameplates and stuff and so Mm -hmm. i think overall it's really pretty cool it's 
it's kind of neat to see a little bit of the 80s styling, you know, with the blocky headlights mm-hmm. that give you this look like, oh, maybe they'll pop up, you right, know, right. and then yeah. these, I don't know, like blocky shaped rear end fender things. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. just kind of cool they're, looking, you know. Well, they're trying, they're trying to kind of emulate that, those kind of big side intakes on the, on the original Countach and. Yeah. I, I think it's it's not terrible. I don't think it's the ugliest thing they've made, but it's it, it just seems kind of half baked and true for that I amount think, of money. I agree with that. Yeah, for I mean, if you're looking that kind at, of money, right. right? You can have that, or you can get a Zonda or a Chiron. Yeah. Granted, there's more than 112 Chirons, and there's you know ultimately probably going to be more than 100 Pagani, you know, Quiras or whatever, but yeah, I think at the at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, a Ventador. I mean that it's going to have you know, and it looks like have ten year old places. Yeah. yeah. So I I think it's I think it Do is they a bit need of a money. Move. Well, I mean the problem is like they're not a they're not a uh, individual entity, right? They're they're ultimately owned in part by Volkswagen Automotive Group, so. You know, I mean, I think this is an example of probably corporate deciding that they want to leverage I wonder. one of their brands to make a little bit more money because, as, as you know, Farrah mentioned in his article, like, EV research. Yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> if you have 112 of these at $2.5 million a pop, like, that's a real quick $300 million, you know, that you can make, you know, yeah, that, just shy of $300 uh, you know, million. If you were selling RAV4s, Mm-hmm. Price should probably have to sell a few million of those. <laughs> oh yeah, easily. So it's the margins are insane, and and they didn't have to really develop anything new for this car aside from slightly restyling the body. I mean, everything else is is parts bin essentially. Granted, it's very nice parts, but it is parts bin. So I think it is essentially a, a cash grab, and I think it's a little unfortunate yeah. that they're leveraging and a really storied name uh to do it but you know you'll yeah and you almost i agree with that you know and you you kind of wonder um let's say you approached me with this car and i had limited funds right i would pass on this yeah completely would pass on this like we alluded to earlier if i had unlimited funds then i'd say yeah i guess why not add it to the collection it's kind of cool yeah but how many of those people are in the world? It's kind of like they were alluding to once you start splitting this out, mm-hmm. you end up with, maybe you end up with a hundred to 200. And so maybe they know this market. Like, yeah, from our experience, there's, you know, a hundred to 200 people on the planet mm-hmm. who will spend, it just doesn't matter. Like we can approach them and they'll say, yeah, I'll buy, I'll it. buy it. Yeah. Buy and I mean, if, if, if they did truly call up a lot of their, most loyal customers and I'm sure they, they got, you know, 112 is kind of a weird number to me. Um, I, I think there's some significance to it. I was reading one article, but at the end of the day, you know, they're going to have a good idea of how many they can sell if they do their research. And if they're smart about it, they're not going to pull a McLaren and say they're going to build X and then actually build X minus 50 because they couldn't sell them all. You know, yeah. so they don't they don't want to look yeah. like they're struggling to sell them. So, yeah, you know, or think, 
Or yeah. they start at 112 and then they add like 300. <laughs> right, right, yeah, which, uh, which yeah, is a good uh, way to lose a lot of clients. Yeah, um, exactly. So I think this was kind of just a, I think they did the research. They figured out how many people were, in my opinion, a big enough sucker to spend <laughs> three million or two and a half million on a, a tarted up Aventador. <laughs> and I, I, and yeah. that's what they sold. It's just amazing how, like, as humans, you know, we get older and mm-hmm. obviously our social constructs become more elaborate, more decorative, maybe more intricate. But the reality is, it's really no different than when we were in the sandbox. Yeah. You know, 100 kids in the sandbox, there's five of them with all this candy. Mm-hmm. And you go to them to trade your Tonka truck because they got all <laughs> like none of this shit changes. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It just gets jazzed up more, you know. Yeah, it's just bigger, more expensive toys. <laughs> um, well, moving on to something that's uh, a little bit more attainable, uh, also a yeah. hybrid supercar. But uh, this week, um, Acura announced that for the final production year of the NSX, the new NSX, they're going to be having kind of a final version turn the NSX Type S. And the setup is roughly the same. It's going to be a twin-turbo, 3.5-liter V6 paired with three electric motors. But they've taken the intercoolers, fuel injectors, and turbos from their GT3 Evo race car uh, and put them into their street car. And that uh, results in basically a total of 600 horsepower and 492 pound-feet of torque uh, when you combine the batteries and the engine. Uh, Acura says it's going to be its most powerful and as well as its quickest production car ever. They didn't give it a, a lot of numbers, but uh, it's, you know, I mean, 600 horsepower Acura, I think that's probably pretty pretty on point. Yeah. Uh, they also tweaked the exterior styling and made it a little bit wider. Looks kind of more menacing, more angular. Um, would you, you know, I think the NSX is kind of a, it's an interesting case because just like the first generation NSX, I think it kind of got overlooked again. Hmm. So, yeah. you know, I, what do you think? I mean, do you think this is going to make kind of much of a wake in, in or no. drive interest at all? No, I don't think it will. I, I think it's a cool car, but I still think the originals are way cooler. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of guys in, or gals, I don't know. I actually haven't. I know one of them, but I haven't yeah. met the other person that park. You know, they drive NSXs into the ramp. Yeah. And every time I see those, I'm like, God, that is a cool looking freaking car. Yeah. And What's amazing and about that car is you look at it and you're like, that's from 1991. Yeah. You know, and it is still just a killer car. You know, mm-hmm. um, maybe it's like my, you know, just playing, you know, Gran Turismo from that era. Mm-hmm. But I love that car. I love the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the spoiler kind of built in. It's just long, you know, yeah. narrow rear. And when the new one came out, <clears throat> it just felt like it's like the numbers all make sense. I'm sure it drives scary. I'm sure it sounds great. But it just kind of felt like it got lost in the milieu of all this other angular, big grill, mm-hmm. you know, you know, cars in, in today's world yeah. and you know oh. it, it obviously they you know have the the design language the accurate design language um, mm-hmm. built into this and so it's recognizable but 
I guess, honestly, if I'm, this is just my perspective. And so I hope no one hates me for saying this, but <laughs> I haven't really been super engaged by their styling yeah. lately. It just, I don't know. It hasn't done it for me, but I get that it does it for a lot of people. So and there's I'm, probably some I'm with strong you. opinions think, on the other side too. I think the really angular stuff is, is just overdone. It just kind of feels yeah. to me, it feels like it's a little bit overdone in, in car language. Yeah, I, I think it. This kind of sharpness is meant to be aggressive and sporty, but when you, I think that's fine if it's on a Lamborghini. But when it's on like a four door passenger sedan, it it, it doesn't really work for me. And I think the NSX was the rem, you know, the the new gen NSX really kind of got doomed by a few things. One, the the it was drawn out significantly, so like the hype about a new SX. NSX kind of died over time. And also it got absolutely buried in the headlines when it was announced because they announced it on the same day that Ford announced the new Ford GT. Mm, and so it yeah. just kind of got buried. And, uh, you know, it, the interesting thing is that from everything I've read about the car, it's really, people are very split on whether it's actually good. Some people say oh, it's one of the most impressive overlooked cars, you know, of its generation. Uh, and other people say that unless you're on a racetrack pushing it, it's the most boring car you'll ever drive. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, you know, usually you get a fairly yeah. consistent kind of feedback on a car from automotive press and drivers and stuff but this one it seems very i i saw polarizing yeah it's really polarizing i remember seeing um you know i think matt ferris said that you know just driving around town this thing's really boring and uh dario franchiti you know one of the scottish race car driver he said he was like oh i couldn't disagree more it's phenomenal so hmm. you know it's it's an interesting car every time i see one it's you know they're they didn't sell very well at all mm. and so they're actually quite quite rare to see so when i see one at like a cars and coffee i always kind of take a second with that i think it's a beautiful looking car i, I think agree the aggressive you. styling works on that kind of car it, you know it is a sports car yeah. it is a two-door <clears throat> you know supercar it is accurate supercar um i think this type s looks really cool i just wish they would have Acura slash Honda has the rights to the Type R name, which the original NSX did have a Type R version that I don't believe ever came to the States. And so it would have been so cool if they made this the NSX Type R. Yeah. I think that would have had more cachet among people of our generation that, you know, the Type R means something, whether it's an Integra yeah. Type R, an NSX Type R. So I think that was. A little bit. I mean, the Type S does have a little cachet in Acura world, but uh, I think they could have done a little bit more with it. I hope it does. You know, I hope it does sell. Uh, I like seeing them on the road. Uh, I think they just kind of got lost in the mix. But uh, you know, this could be one of those cars that people look back on and say, "Man, that was really special for its time," and maybe goes up in value down the road. Yeah, that's kind of what I hope as well. Because, like you yeah. said, I'd love to see them out there and about. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it'll uh, do well. Yeah. So 
the next car is is purely based in the future, but uh, was really kind of fascinating. I hadn't heard about it, and you sent me the the link. No, to actually, it. I didn't see it either. My uh, father in law sent it to me. Oh, nice! <laughs> well, it was, it was a good spot. Uh, it, so Audi released a, a new concept car called the Sky Sphere, and it's a self driving concept car. It's capable of self driving with a digital cockpit that has retractable steering wheel and pedals that stow away when it's in self driving mode. But yeah, the real that's super which, crazy, <laughs> which is, I mean, which is like something out of like, uh, yeah. you know, um, some you know Tom Cruise future, <laughs> yeah. futuristic movie. But the showstopper for me was, and probably for you, is that it has an adaptable wheelbase that can change size based on the driving mode. So it yeah. can change its wheelbase up to two hundred and fifty millimeters, which is pretty significant. Uh, yeah. And it can be shorter when it's in sport mode, longer when it's in grand touring in mode. GT mode, yeah. Yeah, so it really <laughs> pretty fascinating. Did I you think... watch the um, videos on it? Like, did you yeah. see all the stuff changing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. It's pretty cool. It, it, yeah, it, it definitely looked like something out of like Minority Report or... or <laughs> yeah, AI 100%, or man. Uh, 100%. And I, I think it, even like going back to Demolition Man, I think there was a in the police car that they had, there was a, a scene in which Sylvester Stallone like hits a button to go into manual driving mode. And then like the steering wheel deploys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's right. So this, right. this has been science fiction for a while, but uh, I, I think it really is fascinating. Uh, you know, it gives you obviously a more roomy cockpit with all that stuff stowed yeah. away if it's not being in, used. And I don't know, would you, what was your kind of take on it? Well, a few things. I mean, I think it's really, really kind of cool looking. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed Audi's it's concept. It's kind of long, sleek. Just, yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. just fascinating looking. Like, it does look like the future. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, you know, that aspect. So I, I kind of thought the way it looks is pretty cool. Um mm-hmm. One of the things I chuckled about when, it, when I first saw it was, um, you know, they were basically, they said something to the extent of, oh, no, 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 no. It can't, it can't actually drive itself. Like we haven't, you know. And we haven't like, got that tech yet. Sure as shit, it doesn't drive itself. <laughs> yeah. I have one of your cars and they are not even close to being able to drive itself. Yeah, no. So I started laughing about that. But um, what I think is cool about these cars is they're like, almost like pieces of art. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't. You won't maybe see this in production, or if, if it does come to production, it'll be ten years from now, and it won't look anything like this because of regulations and stuff. But yeah, it's cool to see the car company's dream mm-hmm. and what they can come up with. Um, and and so I think that that is always neat to see the expression. You know, what is their vision of the future? Mm-hmm. And it starts to kind of conceptualize a little bit of what what is our future going to be like and this for me would be a good car i think because i'm you know not that i actually cover like tremendous amounts of miles every year you know mm-hmm. i don't i don't have like a cabin in the far north or yeah i don't i don't know you know what people do yeah, <laughs> why yeah, they yeah. drive through you don't have like a, you don't have a on two a weekend, hour round trip to work every day yeah but it it gives me some hope that there will be cars that bridge the gap between 
I don't care if this thing is like my washing machine. I just want it to take me places and give me no hassle. Right. And bridging the gap between those of us who are like, no, I still want to drive sometimes. Right. Because it's a skill set that I've honed over my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there, you know, this car might bridge us to the point where people like you and I are dead someday. And it's just strange to think about people driving cars at that point to other human beings. Like, yeah. oh my God, that's so dangerous. Like you, you took over the wheel. You're, yeah. you're, you're an asshole. You're going to get everybody killed. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? I mean, that was, that was that scene in Demolition Man. Like, what are you doing? Why are you yeah, you're driving? Killed. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's really cool. And it gives me some hope that these car companies are thinking about I, I feel like a company like Tesla, and I'm sure there's some people that are on board with Tesla and I think like these are fun to drive. Mm -hmm. But I do get the sense that for a lot of those individuals, it's we're pushing towards this thing drives itself. And yeah. that'll be a, a crazy novelty to those people when it happens and they'll soak up every minute of it. Just like you and I when we make a right and we've got you know, free reign of a highway in front of us and we let it rip. Yeah. You know, right. or twisty curves or something. And and we're in control and we're pushing the envelope and we're enjoying that. Right. Um, so I think that this car just suggests to me that there's a manufacturer out there that is going to work to try to bridge those worlds and maybe give us the best of both. Yeah. I mean, that would be, it would be phenomenal if that's the case. You know, I, I think that, the we've talked about before the self-driving challenge really becomes infinitely more challenging if you allow anyone to be able to drive themselves because because they're a variable you know if it's all the cars yeah. are talking to each other and it's it's all interconnected then it's actually you know probably pretty doable in terms of an engineering standpoint but you know when you have someone that may not make always make the correct decision or might be under the influence of something or whatever, you know, now you've entered into a system that, that it kind of, it's a domino effect of increasing complexity and, and challenge for, for the automated systems to know how to deal with it. So, you know, I, I think it is very interesting. I think it's a very cool concept. I love the idea of essentially having kind of a Swiss army knife of a car where like, I want to go for a short drive on a good back road. I put it in sport and it's narrower yeah. and more agile. Yeah. But if I want to go drive to Chicago, Super I put it in grand touring mode, mode <laughs> and I'm just cruising on the highway. It's soaking up the bumps. Um, I love that. Uh, <laughs> Isn't and, that cool? But I think you're right. I mean, I think that there, there is this kind of these different camps. Like there's people that, that, they love cars because of what driving gives them in terms of emotion and, and feedback and, and relaxation. And there's people that, you know, the Tesla guys who they're fascinated by the tech and they're probably also fascinated by the tech and they're like toaster oven, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, mm -hmm. and for them, like the Tesla is just a more complex toaster oven. Yeah. Uh, but it does it does make me scratch my head a bit as to like the people that are super excited about full self-driving in a tesla like why are you interested in cars like it it just seems like 
you're taking away the thing that a car is meant to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just a philosophical difference between people kind of like them and us. I I get it because I'm a techie guy. And Mm -hmm. so here are people who are very tech-oriented, tech-savvy, and they're like, my refrigerator, I can look inside and it can tell me what's missing and what I need to get. And it has a big screen that shows pictures of my children and dogs and makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why the hell haven't we applied this to my car? And now there's a manufacturer that's doing that. Yeah. And so for them, it's like, well, this is just logical. This is the logical endpoint to that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for us, like me driving, um, a go-kart as a kid on a farm and you know going nuts with that it's yeah. the the engagement of that i could yeah i could die it's like a roller coaster like you could die at any minute yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really fun as a kid especially you know yeah um, yeah and so we I, just I, approach it from we look and that's what i think is cool about cars and and if you go through and like just go through and look at the pictures of this thing like it's just mm-hmm. bananas man yeah I yeah. think the roof like retracts or something. Yeah, I didn't yeah, notice yeah, that yeah. the it's first like, uh, time. Convertible, yeah. <laughs> but it's that's like art. It's like yeah. a, a form of art. And we cars are just they're they're amazing. I mean, that's why you and I do this every freaking week. Is right. They convey us to the things that we need and they can be very utilitarian. Mm-hmm. But then like you were sharing a story this weekend of the 9-11 back rows with your wife. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's amazing. Like it can yeah. do so much beyond that as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the breadth of experience you can have in what is essentially the same thing, an engine, a transmission, suspension, four wheels, a cabin, right? like the, the difference in, in experience you can have depending on what you're in. But with the, the underlying concept being the same is really pretty amazing. Yeah. My next door neighbor is restoring a um, <clears throat> a Thunderbird right now. Like, oh, I think cool. it's from the seventies. Yeah, it's and it's amazing, and it is loud as hell. <laughs> and I was showing, I was over uh, helping them out with something, and I was showing them the two thousand two, mm-hmm. and they were basically like, "Oh, that's your, that's like a Mister Bean car." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah, I was basically like, you know. Our cars are literally the polar opposites. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that that exists. Yeah. Like, it's a neat thing that that exists. And so I, obviously I have strong opinions about, you know, self-driving cars and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it's just cool that there's an object that so many people can project onto and do different things with. Totally. And I think yeah. that's fascinating. I appreciate really all of it, honestly. Yeah, I think the I think I totally agree. I I would I fully welcome anyone that's interested in cars for whatever reason because I think it is there's a ton of different reasons why you would be interested in in the hobby itself. I think my concern is when the reason you're interested in the hobby like the end point that you're hoping to get out of your car hobby is basically making my way of enjoying my car hobby completely irrelevant or like impossible. Like if you want to eventually get to a point where there are only 
self-driving cars and you're not even allowed to drive your own car if like that's your point then i am not then i'm i don't want you to be involved in the car yeah you know and that's and the truth be told that is really just you know a microcosm of the human experience whether it's jobs or you know yeah just change and yeah uh, we like what we like and i think that's just something that as you are born into a time you you eventually become fixed Mm -hmm. with that you know current that river and it just pulls you along yeah and that's when you start saying like stuff like these damn kids Kids (laughs) i had to walk uphill doing back from school yeah i mean you know that's just you it just invariably happens because you you get to a point where you're like an expert at at many things but it's a fixed Mm -hmm. point in time yeah and then you're like you see on your your brain mrs that you read everybody gets leukoariosis yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) your brain just starts to fall apart yeah you you can't adapt to these new things you know i i mean you're right i think and i think there's probably it's you know, stuff that I don't care about that much, if it changes, it obviously, I don't mind. And I might change for what I think is the better. And now I am interested in it, you know. But mm-hmm. for something that I enjoy so much in its current state, I think it's hard to not have that mentality of, like, not wanting change. Because you're, you're like, this is perfect as is i can get a <laughs> I, know, I can get a right? 700 horsepower v8 in a in a four-door <laughs> sedan with a manual like why do i i don't want things to change what you know do we, what do we need to change here what do we need but to you're right here, i mean there, there is for you know i mean obviously first and foremost like environmental reasons like things do have to change um and so i think it's it's just gonna be interesting to see how that balance plays out over time yeah. and i and i hope it doesn't completely kind of well, one of the things I do think about, you know, every we kind of sometimes look at our country and sigh to some extent, but look at our cars and coffee, you know, that we went to not long ago mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. plethora of driving experiences there. Yeah. And so I think there's going to be a place for a lot of different people with their preference and how they drive and how they interact yeah. for a long time. Yeah, I mean, um, I think, and I don't, really, and I don't think the car is going to become an appliance. There will just be a group of people at shows like that that will be mm-hmm. able to, you know, show us weird things that the car can do, and we'll just be like, "That's oh, really that's crazy me. that a car can yeah. do that by itself." And then we'll yeah. be like, "Hop in this thing with a V8 and a manual, and you let it rip," and they're just terrified, oh. but also oh maybe like, "That was kind of amazing." That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think realistically, things like full self-driving are, by the time that is a reality, I probably will need to be driven places. <laughs> That's be, what I think, I'll too, man. Demented. By the time I'm ready, yeah. it'll be, that'll just mean I can stay in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll just I'll just call in my Uber Eats drone yeah, to deliver exactly. me food. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I I think you're right, man. You can't. You don't want to be the the old man screaming, "Get off my lawn!" And, and <laughs> you dance, kids. None of these things are too precious that they can't be changed. So I, I think you just have to kind of find what's cool with the things that are changing. And and you know this concept hmm. that it's it's a new new take on you know flexibility of a platform. You know, a very cool looking yeah. platform. So yeah, yeah. well, I'd buy that, man. 
Yeah, I that mean, was it's... available today. I'd probably trade in the Tycon. <laughs> it's really cool it, looking. I love it. Yeah, it reminds me of like you know the the mo- one of the most expensive cars in like a Grand Grand Theft Auto game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, anyways, that's about it for this week, guys. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with some more news and. Um, until then, uh, be sure to, um, you know, comment, like, uh, rate us on iTunes and Podbean, uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Blofeld podcast to get in touch with us, give us show ideas, give us feedback, uh, all of that's really appreciated. And until then, we'll see you next week.